Hi, everybody. We are Matt and Kevin, and welcome to Season 2 of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also find us on social media at Believe in OWL and Believe.com. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to week 28 of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast gameplay section. It is really hot in California right now. I hope it is at least decent wherever you're living. Uh, how is life, Kevin? How is life in general and how is gameplay life going? Um, it's hot for some reason. Uh, also, yeah, you have Cal- the humid heat though, right? You're yes. Not, we, get, we get the dry heat, you get the humid heat. Yes. So we, we're getting that humid heat that... Like, if you want to know what Japan feels like in the summer, uh, come up to Northern California. This is what it feels like during monsoon season. It's always, like, it's damp, but it's also hot. So, <laughs> Ew, what, the word damp. Yeah. It's like, it's, like, moist. It's moist. It's, it's, it's like one the, of those... It's, it's the caliber of that word, like, damp. Ew. Yeah. It, it, it's weird. Um, we're in that state right now. Um, Gaming-wise, I've been playing a lot of Pokemon recently just because... There was an event uh, that was going on. I missed out on a a Korean Pokemon that I could have got, so I'm just a, I'm a little disappointed about that. Um, other than that, I was able to get my nine wins last week for my uh, for the Sandcastle Bastion, and probably going to be queuing up later tonight to go play um, and get that Arissa uh, Sunday skin. How about you? Um, it is hot, and I am stressed. <laughs> that's that's pretty much my life like so this week um we're for the other podcast i had like 15 sequences to edit they were due yesterday i've only got nine done so i have to beast through six sequences today that's like editing to make sure like the audio is all nice and crispy plus like adding in sound effects and, and music which like the more you learn about podcasts is like the more you learn about like stylistically how you have to like do different things. It's it's a weird differentiation and just stylistically what you have to do. Um, what else was I doing? Oh yeah, I got I signed on to do box office again for the LA Asian Pacific Film Festival. So if you live around the uh, the California SoCal area and you want to watch some films during the month of October by Asian peeps, uh, I guess email our 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 podcast email which i say at the beginning of each episode in the uh, introduction um and i can see how i can help you with that uh gaming wise the only game that i've really played this week was aside from getting my nine wins in overwatch was fall guys i downloaded it and i tried it and it's like it's so weird like i i, I managed to get a win uh that first day and i haven't been able to touch it since just because i'm busy but like I like how weird it is. I like how incompetent the characters are. They're just like falling all over the place. I think it's like a really fun art style. I like the variety, but I realize that I'm just entirely too competitive for this game. And I'm entirely too um, angry with early 2000s platformer games for this game. So like, you know how like there's the soap parts where like there's like the soapy stuff and you like slip down it. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. Get slime so run. angry. Slime climb. Yeah, I get so angry whenever there's those like little slimy patches, and then like, I don't know why, but I think it might be my controller. But I'll press the jump button sometimes, and it won't jump. So I'll be like trying to jump on a ledge, and he'll just kind of just walk off, and then it's just it's rage inducing. I get so angry, but then I won that one round. It's like, oh, this is fun. But I just I just hate platformers so much. Yeah, I have mixed feelings about it, honestly. I like Fall Guys, personally. I think it's a fun party game. Fun game with friends. But, yeah, sometimes when you get a game that is just out of your control and you know that you can't can't do anything, like, 30 seconds left, you have zero eggs and egg scramble. You, you're just sitting there and you're like, well, all right, this is this is it. Like, like that or... um. Like 
you know, not necessarily all team games. I mean, fall ball as well. But, like, there's some games where you're just, like, on Seesaw. Seesaw is probably the biggest one. Like, round one, like, one of the platforms is completely sideways. You can't hop on it. And you're just sitting there like, well, all right, I'm not making it. This has been fun. <laughs> and, like, all my friends are already, like, in the finish line. They're like, where are you? And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not making it. <laughs> uh, Go I'm on waiting for me. this. Yeah, I'm waiting on the seesaw, man. It's not going to happen. And like, it, it's one of those things where it's no longer in your control and you just have to let it do its thing. At what point do you remember that the gaming industry transitioned away from platformers? Because I can't, I can't pinpoint that. Because I remember like early 2000s, everything was a platformer. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. now it's all... Um, it's all open world RPG adventuring kind of stuff, which I I'm fine with. I like this. Let's, let's stay here for a while. Let's not like go to back to platformers or, or anything. This is, I enjoy this iteration of the gaming psyche. Yeah. I, I feel like, okay. Okay. Here, here's where I think we peaked. We went in uh, like platformers were relatively like considered quote unquote casual, right? Yeah. Um yeah. then we had the wave of super tryhard, sweaty, like platformer games. And I don't mean that in a negative way, it's just the way how it is. Okay, so we had the wave of that started it was Super Meat Boy. Okay. Oh yeah, Super Meat Boy. We had Super Meat Boy. Then we had Shovel Knight. Um then we had Ultimate Chicken Horse. And then we had Hollow Knight. So those games, honestly, are they're difficult in their own way. Um, some of them are super rage-inducing. Some of them are not as much, but they're just fun to play. Um, but yeah, it's, it's that. It's the games that were platformers have such a high skill ceiling now that I feel like people are like, if we make an easy platformer, like no one's gonna play it. So <laughs> it's like the bullet hell games. Exactly. Like if you make a game too hard, like the only thing to do is to try to top it. Or if you make it dumber, they're gonna be like, "Oh, it's too easy." Um, but if you make it harder than the hardest game already, it's unplayable. So, like you kind of dug yourself into that hole, kind of. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's the fun one where you know. Super Mario Odyssey just like came out and just said, "Hey, we're half open world, half platformer. Just uh, have fun with it." And we're like, "Okay." Like, Still haven't finished that one. Neither have I. I played like <laughs> the first like twenty minutes, and I was like, "Okay, I'm going back to Fire Emblem." Mike. Yeah. I just thought I had a thought right now. Like, is the battle royale scene still that big? Because I feel like I feel like it was the hottest thing for for a, a, a second like we had mm-hmm. um pub then uh the other game the one that ever, all the kids like what's it called fortnite fortnite we had fortnite which was mostly supposed to be just like getting people interested in it for the uh the the tower defense aspect but then they just took off running with the free-to-play version of it mm-hmm. and then you had like call of duty try to do their their thing yep and then now, now I think it's kind of gone. Like I, I don't now I have see Fall Guys. Yeah, now we have, now we got Fall Guys. Now we're going back to the the party game platformer. That's also part battle royale, if you consider it that way. Uh, it's like I guess. Okay, yeah, the, yeah. Now that you mention it, it is yeah, kind of battle royale. It is battle royale ish. It's just a different way of approaching the elimination system. So, in like PUBG and like. Um, Call of Duty, whatever, 77 gigabyte, whatever. What was it called? Is it War? Is it Wargrounds? War, War, War something. Wait, I'll find thing? it. Just Call of Duty Battle Royale. Yeah. When you when you get shot, you die, you're out. That's how it, how it played out. Um, same thing in Fall Guys. If you fall, you die, you're out for the most part. Um, but... Yeah, that, that's the joy of like these kinds of games. It's like if you're if you're out, you just recue into the next, and you keep you keep playing. Um, but yeah, the games are they they just took it in a different 
different way. Like, I feel like battle royales are most successful when they do something different than what the predecessors had before them, right? Like, PUBG, Fortnite made it more cartoony, which is more, like, appealing. Apex made it a team thing. Apex made it a team thing. Um, Call of Duty made it Call of Duty for some reason. I don't, I don't know. They just tried to slap their name on it. <laughs> well, they um, have to. It's Call of Duty. It's what they do. Yeah. They slap their name on everything. Like, if hypothetically, like, you wanted to do this in like an even more insane way, you do like each game has a version of like, I wouldn't say King of the Hill, but like, you can have a mini tournament style thing, taking the format of elimination, but like doing it differently. I feel yeah, like it like, would be really for me, fun. It, it doesn't feel like it's Battle Royale, but now that you pointed yeah. it out, it totally is Battle Royale. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like this would be really fun with WarioWare. Oh, dude, yes. If, if Nintendo wanted to take... I mean, okay, Tetris 99 is also a Battle Royale. If you guys want to go into I that. I guess. Like, it's the same, same format. WarioWare needs to happen. Uh, WarioWare Battle have Royale. WarioWare for for the Switch yet, and for that reason, why don't we have Nintendogs for the Switch yet? The uh, good question. <laughs> There's a lot of really good games that still need, um, you know, new generation Switch. versions. I mean, the one that I'm a big proponent of is uh, uh, I'm a big Rhythm Heaven fan. If you've ever played ah, Rhythm I Heaven, I remember that. I never played yeah. it, but I remember it. It was the all okay. the rage. Yeah. Speaking it's... of old, gone. Uh, genres the rhythm games yeah i'm i'm a fan of rhythm games what what if last thing before we like actually get into the real stuff what if overwatch instituted some sort of a a battle royale mode what would that look like and like i think there's i think there's definitely going to be characters that like you have to pick if you want to stand a chance at surviving yeah that's the thing i feel like if you were to hypothetically make a battle royale version of of this i feel like it would have to be like every round is hero gauntlet where it's just like yeah if you make it to the end you move on to the next round then insert new party game here move on to next round kind of deal um i don't know how else to explain i don't want it to be like you know i feel like first round could be one in the chamber which is a really difficult game mode but it works um essentially one of the chamber is like everybody's mccree and you have one bullet and if you god if you land your shot it insta kills um if you miss your shot you have to melee somebody to get a bullet back um and meleeing also kills someone so (laughs) yeah you have to punch them to get your bullet back but you only get one shot, and if you get shot, you get eliminated. Then you like weed it down, do like Roadhog Pit, uh, then do like Hammond Racing. I would hate Lucio Ball in that mode, but oh god, you know they would do it. Uh, no, but yeah, honestly, it's just like yeah, it, it's it's tough. I don't think Overwatch has the capability to make a full on battle royale mode. And even if they did, I don't think it would save it from its current status. I think that it would be fun as a maybe a workshop game, but like you would have to make a workshop mode that rotates through games without having to fully reset the lobby, which is pretty tough on its own. Plus, lobbies could only hold 12 people right now. So, um, or no, 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 it could hold 20, 20, 16. What's half of the half of a full uh, half of a full lobby is? Eight, I I, right? I, I don't, don't know. I don't know. But like, you have to be able to switch games by and also exclude people um, during the round. So it's kind of difficult in that way. Okay, so let's now that we've theoretically battle royaled Overwatch, I guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, something that I actually I I don't know if I'd actually want to see. Um, let's get into what things that we did actually see, which was this week of the Overwatch League, which honestly, yeah, yeah. like, it was a good week. Yeah, solid week, honestly. Like, th- this week is probably one of, like, the best weeks we've had all season. And, like, I didn't even get to watch everything that I wanted to because there was so many good rounds. Mm-hmm. Um, 
All right, so day one, Spitfire v. Dynasty. Uh, they had this they had this matchup twice this week, and they're going again next week. Um, Spitfire lost to the Dynasty 0-3 on day one. The Mayhem beat the Titans 3-1, and the Glads took three off the fuel. This week's bands, by the way, are Tracer, Genji, Zari, and Brigitte, and the same thing as next week, which this is a really, really interesting um, band that we have this week because Tracer, Genji... Like Genji's just beast right now. Every team is playing him uh, when they can because of the blade and just his damage, his ability to get to the blade very quickly. And then Tracer's just always kind of been there. Just it's it's like a high risk, high reward pick that a lot of like the really really good DPS will pull out whenever they can. Um, Zarya would have been a really big help for the uh, the dive comps. And then Brig is just Brig. <laughs> yeah. When it comes down to this whole, like, the hero bands themselves makes this week super weird. Um, Tracer Genji immediately eliminates Dive, right? Um, but Zarya makes it I mean, difficult to play Dive I mean, you could have gone Sombra and then somebody else with Dive. Like, maybe True. Sombra Reaper. Yeah, but... Or, I mean, if you wanted to go really far back, you go back to, like, Sombra May. Yeah. Or like May Reaper, um, Maybe but you McCree, don't have um, if, you, if you're trying to combat the Sombra. Yeah, you have you have a little bit of you have more options in DPS than you do in tanks. So well, the Zarya you can't really like constantly protect the Rhine unless you go Rhine Diva, which has been you know in the meta all the time. Um, the Orisa Sigma, luckily, I don't think were they play, they weren't playing on the latest patch. No patch right? is only going to come in in the finale. So, so whenever whenever they decide that they've done enough quarantining and they're actually going to finish off the season, that's when we'll see the the new barrier meta patch come in. So whatever we're seeing now is probably not going to be what the meta we see during the finale. With the with the current changes, still like Orisa Sigma is still strong. You don't have to worry about that. Dive isn't going to be that prevalent just because their DPS line isn't as strong. But, or is it as quick? It is as mobile. But mm-hmm. as we saw, there were a lot of different things being played this week. And um, yeah, it's interesting to see, you know, a lot of these. Yeah. So day one of Spitfire v. Dynasty, it was, pr- it's pretty much, it's the new Spitfire versus the old Spitfire because a lot of that old Spitfire team moved over to the Dynasty. Um, and this is, like I said earlier, this was one of the two rounds they're playing this week. The rematch is going to be next week. Um, not to, I don't think this is a good sign for the Spitfire because, uh, spoiler alert, they lost both of these matches this week, 0 and 3. Um, in general, like the, the first round on Ilios, it could have been a win for the Spitfire. Like they, they were going back and forth, they were trading possession of the point. It's just that on the basis of the experience of the players on the Soul Dynasty team, um, they're not. They're maybe not be having the best luck, but they. I think they definitely have more skill, and that just clearly showed throughout this entire map or this entire match set. Uh, so while they kind of they had some life on Ilios, you go to Eichenwald, and it's just a bully fest, like. London are not nearly creative or aggressive enough to to go up against the the Soul Dynasty, and then the same thing happened again on Hanamura, where it's not even like it doesn't even look like it's a a test of what Soul can do. When it came down to this match, it was once again old Spitfire versus new Spitfire. I feel like when it came down to the Dynasty and the way how they played, they just showed how much more experience they have compared to the new team they they were playing it they were very close honestly on Ilios they they went as as you said they went back and forth lots of solid trades coming out from each like side both of these points were capped 199 yeah so it was super super close on Ilios but the second that like i i felt like they broke away um a lot more once they got to map 2 and they just rolled with momentum into map 3 this was a really good week for Soul. Like as we yeah. move in, like I said, they they won this round against the Spitfire, 
and then they won the 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 Sunday round against the Spitfire. And then on day two, um, they're playing against the uh, the NYXL. So on day two, they took that 3-0 off the NYXL. And just to run down the rest of the list, the Dragons beat the Spitfire 3-0. and uh, Rain v. Eternal was 2-3 in favor of the Eternal. Titans v. Fuel was 0-3 in favor of the Fuel. Uh, Uprising versus the Glads was 0-3 for the Glads. And the Shock versus the Fusion was the 0-3. Um, I didn't get to watch the NYXL versus the Dynasty one, but I that would be one that I would potentially go back and rewatch if I have time because um, while the NY, while the, the London Spitfire did lose against the, uh, the Seoul Dynasty, they are the London Spitfire. They've not been playing. Uh, sorry to all of our, our UK and fans over in London, um, but they're not, they've not been playing at the best level right now. So I feel like that those two wins against them were kind of easy for the, the soul dynasty. But then when you go against the NYXL, who, although they're kind of um, a coin flip when they're going to do well, they, they're still a really good team. They still have a lot of really good experience, really good players. Uh, and, and we've seen them go very far in the past. So um, for soul to, to take them on this was surprising to say the least. Yeah, when Soul was able to just push on through, like especially in this this whole weekend was just really good for them. Um, they're starting to look a little bit better. And if you're gonna turn over a new leaf, it would be in this you know the last stretch. You want to make a run for the finals. Try it's to do your last it now. Chance. It's literally your last chance. So yeah, uh, getting three O's throughout the entire week is actually really good for them. So. Uh, I'm glad that they're looking like the dynasty that we projected them to look like at the very beginning of the season. Um, I just hope that they can carry that into playoffs and so on. And yeah, so forth. it's just a, a question of why did it take you this long to look good? Um, so as we mentioned in the uh, the news section, there was a really okay. This this the Dragons v Spitfire was notable for two things. One because Hex was so sleep deprived and it made people question if he was drunk, if everything was okay with him. Um, shout out to Achilles who like really stepped up and really showed that why he's, why he's such a good caster. He was able to, to keep it on the rails as best as he could. Much respect for Achilles. Uh, all the best wishes for Hex, like get some sleep, my dude, you, you deserve it. You need it. But also, uh, Gaguri was playing in this matchup. She was starting even, uh, we haven't seen her in forever. So that, that's that's the, what's notable about this. That's why I watched this. Um, it, of course, was an 0-3. Uh, rough week for the London Spitfire. It was a stomp. That's that's as much as I can say. It was really nice to see uh, Gagori play again. Uh, Fleta just showcased how dominant he is um, on that DPS far and Ash rolls. Um, and yeah, that's... That's really it. I watched it for, for the sake of Gregorian to see what everyone was talking about on Twitter with, with Hex. I'm glad that they're feeding Gregory. <laughs> they're uh, letting her out of the cage, I guess. Um, but yeah, we mentioned how Hex, uh, how Hex was casting this. I, I really do feel for the man. I, we both had really rough weekends, I guess, running on very little sleep and having to cast. But yeah, get, give this man a break. Don't wake him up ever. Uh, don't tell him to mess up his sleep schedule because now he's not going to be 100% for the NA cast uh, because stuff like this is happening. But yeah, this was a complete stomp. Good luck once again for the Dragons, just pushing on forward. Um, but not so much for the Spitfire. They, I mean, I, I don't know what to, what to tell him here. Good luck for next week against the... Uh... The dynasty is all we can really say for them. Yeah. Um, so the rain versus eternal was another really big one on the social medias. If you're, if you didn't watch it and if you didn't see the social medias, um, so for the rain they were playing their new support, um, Iris, who spells his name L R one S. Um, according to him, like the reason why it's an L instead of an I. Is I don't know where Iris is from, but he mixed up the lowercase L and the capital I on his keyboard. So it's supposed to be Iris. He just done goofed. 
No, okay. Um, but this was, I think this was probably one of the top matches of the week. Um, it was, this was really, really close. Uh, Let's see, what was the... So the Eternal one, then the Rain one, and then the Rain one, then the Eternal one, and then the Rain one, or the Eternal one in the end. So it was it was back and forth. The first map was Oasis, and um, that was a complete stomping on Paris. Uh, Sparkle didn't even need his Genji to really dominate them. Uh, you moved into Numbani in round two. Uh, the Eternal didn't really seem to know what they were doing at the beginning. Um, it, they they I feel like they developed the strategy as they were playing of... No Smite dives in, gets focused down, and then while that's happening, Xyz in the back getting boosted by the Mercy and just clicking, getting headshots, which is allowing them to get the kills to move forward. Um, but then on their on the uh, the Atlanta Rain attack, they pull out the TP Bastion strat, which nobody was prepared for, least of all the Paris Eternal, and so the Rain just stormed through in just absolutely ridiculous fashion. Then you move on to Volskaya, and then they do the same thing. The, the, the TP Bastion strat just became like, I, I, I think they adopted it as their signature look for the week. Just TP Bastion everywhere, and like no one's prepared to really do that, especially when you're doing bunker double shield with the Orisa and the Sigma. Um, and you don't, no one really has a response to it. So the Atlanta Rain had a, a really good fight for these, for these two middle maps. Um, then you move on to uh, Route 66, and then it's the Atlanta strategy wasn't it wasn't good. They were trying to push forward with a junk and a Symmetra, which I feel like all the the Paris Eternal had to do was keep their distance and pick them off, and that worked. And they didn't get they didn't push the payload very far at all, so that when the Paris Eternal were attacking, like they could use the junk because they don't have very far to go, and they're all. The rain were just grouped up trying to keep the Paris Eternal as close to the uh, their spawn as possible so that when you throw the junk in there, that's so much damage in such a small area and it's a lot more effective. And then on Busan, um, this one actually was relatively close. It's just, I think that the Paris Eternal are the better team. Uh, so it could have gone either way, but Paris clinched it in the end. What do you think of that TP Bastion, though, Kevin? I thought I didn't think we'd ever see Bastion again unless it was desperation mode, but it just became a legitimate strategy for the pairs for the the Atlanta Rain. Yeah, this is something that uh, I, I know that I've messed with a little bit um, with the team, but to see it being played here it gives me a little bit of a uh, little bit of encouragement to kind of get my team to try it even more, uh, <laughs> but. Like Numbani and Volskaya, the reason why those those maps work is because TPing straight onto like a backsite is very easy on those maps. Um, like Numbani, you get to high ground really quick, and then you just take away their high ground on point A. Um, on point B, you could take away high ground and get around them. Um, the last one is kind of harder, but you can get to certain spots without them noticing. Um, but yeah, it's really cool to see. It's uh it's not as crazy as chandelier bastion but it was in the same reign of being like peekaboo turret here i'm I'm here to destroy your back line <laughs> yeah <laughs> you just don't know where it is and then all of a sudden three people are dead and you you're just like uh, okay like it, it's one of those things where it catches your opponents off by surprise until they're ready to counter it um which I mean, we've seen teams do before. Um, the the real counter is a May. You just put the May on the on the teleporter when it spawns. Uh, that way, they can't walk through it or they get straight separated. The only downside about this is the rain can't pull it out again. It's one of those one time only things where you do it once and it works. Um, and if other teams start catching up on it, they're gonna be like. They might yeah. use it or they might know how to counter it. I feel like um, the only reason why that they were able to use it a second time was because no one expected them to use it a second time. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like it works until it doesn't. And um, <laughs> especially when you're opening on a map like like Volskaya, like people aren't going to expect that uh, 
aren't going to expect that TP Bastion strat. The only thing, like, how can I say? It was back when, like, Jane and Arrow were still on the Dallas Fuel. They did one like that where they sent the Arissa Barrier to mid, and they sent one, one Symmetra turret into mid, and that made them think that they're setting up going, like, going straight through. And then they TP all the way around. Um, and they took away their high ground. It's one of those things where, like, it works, and they broke it down, and they said, "This is the reason why we're explaining why this works is because now that we've done it, no one else in the entire Overwatch League is going to do it. Like, and if they do, they know exactly how to do it and how to counter it. So it's one of those things. Um, it's cool that the rain are showing off that they can do it, but uh, it's now no longer an option for them." All right, Kevin, tell me about the... Uh, I watched this, but I want to hear your your takes on San Francisco versus the Philly Fusion. Okay, I'm, I'm ready to go in on this. <laughs> this is just a freaking weird I've match. All, I've been waiting since I saw this to hear your, your hot take. I've okay. seen some hot takes on the internet, but I want to hear yours first before I, I reveal the internet mumbling. Okay, so I honestly like this matchup. Um, and I love the, I love the games. Uh, it's not... Like I'm, I'm speaking from purely a uh, an Overwatch League fan, not as you know an SF Shock fanboy. I, I'm not one of those, believe it or not. Uh, even though they are a solid team, um, but when it came down to this, like yes, it was a rematch between the finals, uh, the finals cup. Uh, they're letting Moth start for the first time that in in a long time, so they're kind of giving him a little bit of space here. Um, but yeah, first round Li Zhang. Um, it was just, you know, junk Symmetra versus like doom and junk. Um, it's a lot of like projectile DPS. I saw, I saw this match and I was like, what is even going on in this entire thing? Like seeing junk rat Symmetra means, you know, you have no range, um, going into the fight and same thing with like doom, but doom gives you one tap potential. Like if you get slapped by doom fist, you're like gone. Um, so on Lijong, they were able to push the, the fusion were able to push the tempo, um, really quickly. And I like that coming out from them. Um, map two Kings row, same thing a little bit. Um, they put in Carpe for the first time in a long time. So Carpe now playing with distance with widow, um, made it very difficult for the San Francisco shock to really duel him. Um, there were a couple moments, you know, with, with Ons to attempt to counter Carpe there, but it's, it didn't really work out in their favor. Also super played in that match. Um, but yeah, a shield is not going to do too much when uh, Carpe is all over the place and really just applying pressure. Um, there's a lot of other really good plays, you know, when you have Hisu on, uh, on Sombra there as well, it just is... There's that quote from Super where he says, like, you know, if you're playing, if you're playing Sombra, it's just a crutch, meaning that you can't play goats well enough um, <laughs> back, in the, back in the day. But, yeah, I, I can feel there's <laughs> – I remember there's another clip from Super Stream where he just, like, every time that hack was off cooldown, he would get hacked. And he's just like, stop, stop, <laughs> stop. And you just hear that. He's here for, like, ten minutes. He's like, why? Stop. Leave me alone. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, but like you can just feel that coming. I mean, from I feel that as a sigma. Map. <laughs> yeah, I feel that as I can't do anything if you're hacking a yeah. sigma because I can't. Like sigma's too slow to hit a sombra. Let's just yeah. let's get that out of the way. Like sigma's slow is all hell. Um, I, I feel his pain. Yeah. Another it, thing it's... about King's Row though that I noticed is that like mm -hmm. the the Philly Fusion like they took all their caps in OT and each point. Like, yeah, how, how did you let this happen, San Francisco? It it's slipping a little bit, and this is one of the things. Like, I'm gonna go over it after like I finish the full set. I mean, you know, it's an O3; they lose Anubis. Um, but the fact that they are capping an OT means that like the shock are not doing their stagger game as well as they usually do, because um, they're known for like forcing out OTs and forcing it to go completely the distance and that's something that they're really good at but not this week um after they lost anubis there's one thing that i specifically like honed in on and um 
the thing is, the Shock were dominant last year because of the MVP, Sinatra, right? Mm-hmm. If Sinatra was still on the squad, the Doomfist game would have been insane. Would have been a lot better. It would have been able to match up. And I feel like also the fact that um, with without the Doomfist, there's not a lot of like constant pressure of that being on like Carpe's neck, like breathing down Carpe's back. They don't have that speed, um, especially this week. They don't have you know the Zarya bubble to bail people out. They don't have you know the Genji tracer to dive. So you have to force the duel, and that's what Ons tried to do. It just didn't happen. But when I saw Li Zhang, I was like, this would have been completely different if the San Francisco Shock still had a great Doomfist player. Um, it would have been better, you know, Sinatra's different. Like, if, we, if he was still on the squad, this game would have played out completely different. But what I like about this, like, set specifically, I mean, I know you want to get into it. Um was like the Twitter stuff that happened after. Yep. Yeah, like that that makes me excited. So Twitter, uh Carpe tweets, easy F. Then Krusty tweets, Wow, we never should talk about you guys at Fusion when well you guys really want to bid us. See you at the playoffs. Violet, congratulations on winning the regular season and first win to us. That's why you guys never win uh final com- final match WP. Jake, spicy, looking forward to the playoffs. Ooh, the shocker mad. Like, they're still clearly, like, I think they're a better team. The Fusion may have the better record, but I think we all know who, like, really is the king of the NA region. I feel like the the thing that played into Philly's, uh, like, hand here was the hero pool. Um, it yeah. did help him out and quite a bit because I feel like if... Let's say if Genji is still in the pool, if Tracer, even if Tracer's still in the pool, um, Carpe's not going to have as much space as he wanted. Yeah, no, because you can um, like chase him down really easily. Exactly, and that's what the shock would have done. They would have went full dive and hard pushed. Yeah. Um, but when it came down to this week, I felt like, you know, they have a better like synergy when it comes to this specific meta. So these next mm-hmm. two weeks, I feel like. You know, the fusion are going to be strong without the ability to play Tayo or, uh, you know, even play Genji um, to push that kind of tempo with them. They they're forced to play heroes that they're not used to playing. So we're going to be seeing a lot of really weird picks. I wouldn't honestly mind if we see Rascal Far again, like just some random stuff coming out from the shock just for these next couple weeks, just to see how they fit into the rest of this. But I feel like the second week 29 is over, like the shock are going to be unleashed. They're going to be like, you know what? We have the full hero pool again. We're going to be using everything and anything at our disposal. Right. Um, we're going we're gonna to do as much as we can. We're going to do as much damage as we can. We're not going to let you breathe. And that's just how it works. That's how the shock operate. And this, if anything, when you see Carpe talking shit, you see... Everyone else, like, lighting a fire underneath them. Um, A motivated shock is probably the scariest shock that you could ever face. Mm -hmm. Um, When when they lost to that C9 last season, like, Mm -hmm. you saw how angry they, like, they wanted their record back. Yeah, they lose to the Atlanta Brain. What do they do? They sweep every single team after that. They, They don't let them play the game, okay? Like... They lose to the Vancouver Titans in the first uh, first stage. They come back. They they swing back and they end up fighting that, and they win. They win the next. They win the next one. They end up winning the championship that year. You know, it's when they have something to fight for, they get way better. And mm-hmm. I'm fine with this loss. Like even if it's a three zero, like the motivation that it's going to give this team, like it's going to be through the roof. They're going to start like putting in so much work. They, they may have been sitting at the top for now, but now that they can't be like, oh yeah, we have a perfect record against everyone. Yeah. Like, they have to put in the work. And now that they, and we know that they can, we know that with Krusty as a coach, with, you know, their whole support staff with everybody else that they have there, they're going to be ready. They're going to come out swinging. And mm-hmm. I mean, going into day three, like we even saw that. Yeah. 
Okay, conspiracy theory time that I saw on Facebook. Um, this is from a guy named Anthony on Facebook. He says, okay, we're going for a hot take here. Shock through the Fusion game so that Fusion 100% took number one LA, or, or number one in NA, putting them in the same playoff bracket as the, the Dragons. So now Shock won't have to worry about the Dragons till the finals. Hmm. Huh? Um, yeah, no. <laughs> no. I don't. Uh, I think they just played poorly. Yeah, I think that was it. I think they just got a little too comfortable and they they weren't expecting the the fusion to go off as hard. I honestly think that they just didn't have the right play um, this week. Like, against the fusion, they weren't the shock that we're used to seeing. Um, it's also, I don't want to, like, say, oh, it's their hero pool, but it was a little bit. Like, they didn't have, mm-hmm. they don't have the personnel to play in that kind of pool. Um, right. So, I give them that. But at the same time, like, that's no excuse to lose to Philly 3-0. Yeah. Like, if anything, Philly deserves this win. Like, they they played this really well, and they played the meta well. Um, I mean, Hisu the, was huge, and as well as Carpe. But Hisu, like, yeah. just going off with the Sombra and the Junkrat, like, those ults saved them so many times over. Exactly. So, I feel like that is fine. To see all that go down, that is fine. The the Twitter afterwards is what it's that's where the spice is. Like this match could have just happened and everybody could have just lived on their life and be like, wow, good game, everyone. But like Carpe saying, you know, easy AF, that's just like, yo, okay. You know, you know, like if this matchup happens later in the finals and they win, there's gonna be so much shit talk coming out from like the shock. They're not gonna oh, yeah. hold back. It's gonna be great. Uh, like either way, I'm just ready to see like the whole like Twitter feud go down. Twitter's um, fun. Yeah. It's, One it's question be I great. have for you. Um, what I noticed is that I, I felt like having a mercy aside from the damage boost that you get from from the mercy is like the res seemed to be a pretty big part of how they were playing. Like having that ability to to bring someone back and then like especially like with Hisu and Carpe's abilities to turn a fight like having them being able to come back it, it seems like a really big part of how they were playing. So uh, do you think next week we see more Mercy? Because I, I noticed a lot of teams are playing her now, but no one's using the res as aggressively as the Fusion were. Yeah, it's kind of a weird meta. Um, but I can definitely see a lot more teams utilizing Mercy if they wanted to use that Um to either pocket somebody or to just make sure that they have like the support and staying power that they need. Plus Mercy has like a lot of mobility. Um, if especially for dive teams, like it gives you that option to get in there in time. So I hope that they that if we do see this, I wanna see I wanna see season two moth come back. If we do see this level of mercy play coming back i want to see season two moth come back um that's just like the ballsiest reses you've ever seen like he'll be in the middle of a team fight and like the reinhards are swinging at each other there's like bubbles happening everywhere and then you just see moth fly directly into the middle just to res one person and you're just like okay how how did he get away with that with like you know ultimates flying everywhere and he's just like yeah i mean i just hit e i've been practicing like going around corners and hiding and stuff like that, hiding from line of sight. And I'm like, that, what, how do you read somebody in the middle of like a, like a full on engagement? And it, it's just amazing to see, but I just want to see that level of, uh, of speed coming back out from, uh, from moth. I think this, if anything, awoken something in him, right. Um, to kind of come back. And that's one thing that I think moth has an edge over, Violet and Twilight. Like Twilight and and Violet are good at you know their at Zen, Brig, Moira, Anna, right? But Bap. Moth has yeah, and Bap, right? So Moth has like Lucio and Mercy. That was like his big meta. So if we do see Moth playing a lot more, we're gonna be seeing a lot more Mercy coming in. All right, so day three. Uh, the Dynasty versus Spitfire, as we said, was a 3-0. The Shock versus the Defiant was a 3-0. The Mayhem versus the Valiant was a 2-3. And, and the Titans v. Rain was a 3-1, which 
honestly surprised me. Like considering how close they went with the Paris Eternal, which I think is, is as I've been saying before, I think they're one of the top teams in NA right now. Um, it just, with the, with the way the Titans have been playing, like they've been getting better, but I didn't think they were good enough to beat the rain. Um, all I can really say is that uh, uh, Shockwave was left on his own way too much. Um, Dalton came in clutch a lot of the time too, uh, especially with his Sombra getting those really big, like I think on average his EMPs got four players, which made the work of the rest of the team a lot easier. Um, I think the team really stepped up this week. They definitely protected Shockwave a lot, which allowed him to get more value out of his his sniping. Um, and honestly, I didn't see any really noteworthy play from the rain. They kind of just showed up and expected to win and they didn't. Um, they even tried their TP Bastion strat. They tried it on uh, Volskaya, which I'm guessing that the Titans were, they were expecting it because they'd seen them use it on Volskaya the day before. And it, it eventually did work. But for the most of the time that the, uh, the rain were running it, all the Titans had to do was just hide, stay out of line of sight. And they were eventually able to, to break that down. That's my take on this match is that the Titans looked a lot better than they had any right to be. And I think it's because the team is starting to finally step up to the level that uh, Shockwave is playing. Yeah, I feel like they're they're just about ready to go too. Um, the way how the Titans played, they feel a lot. They look a lot more comfortable. Um, Absolutely. But another thing is like you have to consider the rain just lost Baby Bay um, as well, so they're playing with kind of a newer um, DPS line. So it's just getting used to that whole thing um, once again. But honestly, that's not to discredit the rain. It's just like the Titans played so well this week. Like they just deserve this recognition today yeah. um when it came down to everything else it, it just went well for the titans they they found their groove after map one and just were able to capitalize on it and you also have to consider like they have internet issues too like uh car car disconnected from from volskaya uh they had to pause again like ksa is playing all the way from the middle east like they're they're not playing with optimal conditions here and they're still like this was which made this even more impressive. I really did have the rain winning this, but I think you know the we all the Titans proved me we wrong. We all had the rain winning this one. <laughs> all right, so let's look at what's happening next week. It is week twenty nine of the Overwatch League. It is our our final kind of regular season matchup, I guess you can say, our final week of the just qualifiers because the weeks after that are going to be. A break period while everyone quarantines, gets ready to move to Asia. And then once we get to Asia, um, it's it's playoffs. It, it's grand finals. Um, all right. So, Friday, we got the Vancouver Titans facing the Boston Uprising. LA Gladiators versus the Florida Mayhem. Saturday, uh, Hangzhou Spark versus the Seoul Dynasty. The London Spitfire go up against the NYXL. The Washington Justice are facing the San Francisco Shock. The Fuel are taking on the Defiant. The Gladiators are facing the Rain. The LA Valiant are facing the Vancouver Titans. And then Sunday, we've got the rematch between the Dynasty and the Spitfire. The Fuel are going to face the Paris Eternal. The Shock are going to face the Rain. And the LA Valiant are going to be facing the Gladiators in another battle for LA. I'm hoping that this week is going to be as exciting as the one we just had. I, I don't... I don't Honestly, I don't think it is going to be. I think we got some really good matchups this past week. Um, there's there are some rivalries like we we've got the uh, the Valiant versus the Gladiators. We've got that rematch between Soul and the Spitfire, which hopefully London can pull something out. But I think for the most part, kind of it's going to be probably business as usual. I'd be interested to see if the the Soul Dynasty can go up against the Spark, considering they're uh, they're they're pretty good performance this week, and that the Spark are on an upward tick. Like they had some, they had some good momentum last uh, last cup. This last week is actually going to be. This is very important for the shock. Actually, they have two games this week. Um, if they win those two games, they'll have a better win record than the fusion. But the, I don't know if the losses are going to affect that uh, that differential. You know. Mm-hmm. But 
it could really implement like if they take that second place slot away or not. Right. Um, right. The playoffs, they said that like, you know, all 20 teams are going to make it. It's just a matter of who is going to be seated where, yeah, you know, it's, but it's, it's who it's the rounds and who you play first and how easy it is going to be for you to get to the end. Yeah. Uh, the gladiators, the Titans, and I think the, oh, the gladiators have three games. Um, the rain have two. There's just a lot of like. It's playing catch up for these, we'll the yeah. teams that didn't have uh, the most games at the beginning of the season because of Corona and stuff like that. Yeah. So this is going to be really interesting to see where everybody kind of lands at the end of this week. Um, and that's going to implement like how the game is going to be played later on. So mm-hmm. hopefully we get to see that. We'll see, you know, how weird the hero pools get. Um, we saw the same hero pool. So Genji, Tracer, uh, Zarya, and Brig are out this week. All righty, then. Thanks for tuning into our gameplay section. Um, we'll be back at you next week, breaking down all these matches, see if there was anything really uh, surprising or any uh, big upsets. I'm also going to come back at you with the news. So um, hope you all have a, have a great week. See ya. Next week, we have more coverage of the Overwatch League and any news that comes our way. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms and follow us on all social media at Believe in OWL. Questions or comments? Please send us an email at believeinowl at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at Believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.